See, but I have issues both ways on, on what you're talking about. Because, mm. okay, as far as like, you know, a music, you know, being a musician and all that, like, I, I think it'd be great if... Uh, oh, thank you. I think it'd be great if Phoenix... Diabetic was, heroin. I think it would be great if Phoenix was noticed in certain aspects. At the same time, I would hate for this place to turn into another Austin or another Seattle or another L.A. and it gets saturated with crappy bands all flocking to Phoenix. Oh, when yeah. And there's a bunch of good bands that I have to choose from now that don't have to really compete for that venue with a bunch of crappy bands that have oh, no, under, under and saturated... The scene. Understood. One of one of one of my planks has always been that the amateurs do not belong on stage with the pros. You have the same shot, but I'm not gonna. It'd be like, okay, I'm not gonna get into a drumming contest with you. I'm fairly certain you'd kick my ass badly, you know, humiliatingly. I go. What has got me is I want Phoenix to have its thing, just like I, like I said earlier. I don't want it to be New York. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be Austin. I don't want it to be Portland. Oh dear God, please don't want it to be Portland. I go. <laughs> I look terrible in flannel. Hey, flannel, man. I'm sorry. Just, you know, I'm a leather guy. <laughs> They're very nice people. Your donuts are amazing, but... Everybody's just so goddamn depressed. Half the people that live there are from Phoenix. I know, which is the ironic thing. It's like, you left a place that's actually kind of sunny to go be just miserable. It's like, I don't get that, you know? I mean, I'm a New Yorker. We're just rude. We're sarcastic. We're cynical. We're the kind of people if you walk up and go, I found this thousand dollars in your street. It must be yours. Oh, must it be? I gotta say something, you know? though. I mean, yeah. Portland and Seattle, the art scene is recognized. It is. And that's, see, once again, though, but it hasn't, it hasn't become L.A. It hasn't become Denver. It hasn't become New York. It's kept its character. It's kept its vibe. I don't want, and I'm on the same page with you on this one, I do not want this place to become a town that gets ruined. You know, like they did with the Sundance Film Festival. When that started, it was indie. It was fun. And now, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio shows up there and you can't get a hotel room and everybody who services the city actually lives in the town next to it because they can no longer afford to live there. I don't want that. I want I want artists of, of every stripe and color to be recognized for what they do. And I never want this to be the follow-up question when somebody goes, what are you? And I, if, you, if I asked you, I said, what are you? Okay, you'd probably say, oh, I'm a musician. Clown. Okay, well, okay, you're a clown. I go, and I look at you and go, no, 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 no. I mean, what do you do for a living? Clown. See? That's the thing. I hate the follow-up question when somebody goes, what do you do? And I go, oh, I'm an artist. And I go, no, 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 the way you make money. I'm an artist, motherfucker. And you should end there. I'm an artist, period. No follow-up question. Follow-up question should be, what kind of work do you do? Or where can I see your work? There should never be... No, I'm going to completely discredit your talents and your abilities and assume that you can't fucking make money. That pisses me off. It's that aspect of that because I'm a creative, somehow I can't pull it together. You know, that I can't actually have a life that involves bills and payment and owning things. Um, I live very nice. Everybody who comes to my place is always amazed how nice I live. Like, they're shocked. Like, I'm supposed to be in some little, you know backwater Garrett starving to death living on Velveeta and Top Ramen. And I'm like, no. I've done that. It sucks. You know? It's like a friend of mine a couple a couple of months back said to me, he was like turning 30, and he said, I've decided something, and it's huge. And I looked at him, and I went, what's that? And he kind of surfs around places. He's kind of a couch hopper. He goes, I've decided I really want my own couch. And I looked at him and go, excuse me? And he goes, my own couch. Like mine. Not borrowing it from somebody. My own couch. And a place to put it in. That would be c- 
kind of nice. And I looked at him and go, like, an apartment then. And he goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, like my own bathroom and my own stuff. And he goes, oh. And I looked at him and go, and a refrigerator full of food? Yeah, yeah, that. I want that. And I looked at him and I went, actually rather easy to get. And he was like, well, you have that, right? For quite some time now, yes. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, just because you are you do something that is an arcane form of, of pleasure or entertainment or decoration or a way, a conduit of bringing beauty into the world to get a little poetic for a second. I go, there's no reason why you should not be held in the same regard as someone who's a doctor or a lawyer or a businessman. You know, um, the one thing I've always liked when I'm in bigger major centers like LA or New York or I'm showing there is when you go, I'm an artist, people are, really? Oh, what do you do? You know, they're fascinated. They want to know. They have desire to know. Whereas here, you know, the running joke is, how do you get the drummer off your porch? You pay him for the pizza, you know? And to me, that's, that's, you know, that's not, that, that, that's not that acceptable. funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to a degree. We, we, all know, we all know people, no names mentioned, who will probably also likely be the, 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 the joke. But the thing is, I, I think realistically, and I go, and... Like with you guys, you've I think you've played two of the shows I displayed. I remember the one at Urbana, which was which was awesome, because he cleared the room. They cleared the room. It was all these old people. It was awesome. It was a minute and a half to get these people who normally couldn't walk without a walker, like, out to the door. And they were all huddled around smoking cigarettes, like, 30, 40 feet away. And there was, like, five of us. And we're all just like, you know, <laughs> it was a good show. It was fun. Yeah. And you look at that and go, who, what genius thought, string quartet, punk band. <laughs> that's, <laughs> what, that's what it was, huh? It was a four-piece quartet, and they were good, don't get me wrong, they were, they were awesome. But then they followed it with the complaining acts. And I was thinking there, and I'm looking at this crowd going, oh, this is going to get interesting real quick. <laughs> right? But the thing is, if I gave you that option, though, to be able to do that, you know, that you didn't have to work, let's say, a normal job. That if you could take this and, and turn it into something really global. I mean, like, you know, where you'd go out on the street and people would be like, dude, I know you. You're. I don't think you would turn that down per se on one aspect, and you probably wouldn't enjoy another aspect of it. There's, there's pros and cons for every level. You know, I enjoy sometimes, I go, the controversy that swirls around me, okay? I don't enjoy it when I'm out with Ashley trying to have a nice night and someone is staring at me from across the room with a, you know, that kind of thing. I don't enjoy it then. She's really nice. She doesn't seek the limelight. She's not like me. She's not, you know, an attention whore. I go, but there are also days when I wake up and I, I just want to go out and do my thing and I don't want to be bothered and I don't want to be bugged. So there are some times where the little, you know, artist monster comes back and kind of bites you on the butt. You know, where you're like, I just want to have tea. I want to eat a crepe. I want to go sit at the table outside. I don't want to have a discussion on, on why you think I'm a bastard. I'm a, I, it's my day off. You know? Problem is, is when you are public with certain things, you don't get that, that latitude of the break because you never know where it's going to happen. Like, there are spaces I'll go into in First Friday and everybody's like, dude, man, come here, give me a hug. And there's other spaces I walk in and the entire room, you literally know that if there were no laws, I would be barbecued and eaten. You know? It's like a collective groan. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, but the thing about it, what I've generally noticed, people who are detractors of mine, it's usually almost manic. It's not like, well, he said this about 
so-and-so, and I'm friends with so-and-so, so it's a solidarity thing. A lot of it sometimes is, I'll, I'll, and I'll say it, debate me. Just throw it out there. Challenge what I've said. Well, I don't like how you say it. You're sarcastic, and you're rude, and you're, you're caustic. So it's tone you don't like. Tone is changeable. The gist of what I've said, is it wrong? And you'll be like, well, uh, no, no, is it wrong? Yes or no? Simple question. Like if I, you know, came out to you and I said, do these pants look good with this shirt? It's a simple question. There's not a whole lot of, well, you know, we have to take into account the factor of, no, you can answer the question. A lot of my detractors cannot answer the question, refuse to answer the question. Don't even attempt the question. They go straight to base insults. And the thing is, I've been an artist for 20 years, a professional artist. I go, there is nothing you can throw at me that I can either slide off like a Teflon duck or jam down your throat sideways. My entire life is based on criticism for what I do. I go, I've got a skin thicker than steel. I go, there are a couple of shots you could take where I'd probably be like, good one. You know, I hate it when somebody does launch an arrow in. You know, when it gets under the armor and you're like, I can't really defend that, can I? Son of a I understand your wife left you for another woman. You know, it's like, you got nothing. I don't have moments like that very often because what I get crap for, most of the time, it's not what I said, it's how I said it. People are like, well, you need to play nice with the other kids. And and it's, it's, it's think of it as, you know, it's a, a series of steps. No, get right to the point. Let people know where you stand. I go, it's a hell of a lot easier for life in general. I know who my friends are. I know who I can't trust. I know who I got to watch out for. I go, why? Because I'm blunt. I don't have a whole lot of time to suck up, kiss up. Life is a very, very thin membrane. And all I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make one aspect of my life better. And by doing so, I hope to make other people's lives better. You know, people are finally kind of starting to get on board because they're starting to realize that maybe it's not just ego. You know, in the beginning, everybody was like, oh, it's ego. She pissed you off, and that's why. And I'm like, yeah. She pissed me off. She offends me. They offend me. And I go, and I either want to do one of two things. I either want to cauterize the cancer or I want to make the body better. Either way, I think that's a noble goal. I go, and the great part about it is people can join in or people can not join in. They can sit on the side, and that's fine too. And I go, but those people who sit on the side, when they eventually get to reap the rewards of what others have sown, I go, do not get to talk about how they were there for us. They don't get to go, well, I supported you 100%. You sat on the side. You didn't choose the side. Choose the side, even if it's a diametrically opposed side. I can totally respect that. You have picked a position. May not agree with me, but I'll respect you for it. But they have picked a position. They sometimes have. it's ignoring the things that you think shouldn't be ignored, Hmm. right? Well, there's a difference, I think, between claiming a position and apathy. When people are sympathetic to what you're doing, you know, and want change as well, you know, they're not working against you. I go, they're just hanging out. Hanging out to me is not a position. Hanging out is lazy. Hanging out is cowardice. I would much rather have 100 people coming at me full bore, telling me I'm a whatever, attacking me for whatever. I go, then 100 people sitting on the side with their thumbs up their nose. Because to me, that's cannon fodder. You claim to care, but you don't care enough. You claim to be, you know, I love art. I love everything about art. I love being an artist. I love everything about being an artist, and I wish it was so much better. Well, then do something. You know, 
it, it, it's empty promises. It's a lot when, like, when people go, oh, I put a ribbon on my antenna to show I support the soldiers. Okay, that's great. It's easy to do. But what have you done? Have you, you know, done the cell phone campaign? Have you sent them care packages? Have you written them letters? Have you done something to affect change? And the thing is where the detractors will get off on is they'll be like, well, you know, you're wrong. And I go, well, prove me wrong. And I go, and prove me wrong hard. Come at me. You know, it's very easy to hide on the Internet. Everybody's 10 foot tall on the Internet. Everybody's a badass on the Internet. What amazes me is when I run into people in person. I mean, I'm not I'm not a scary guy. I think that kind of goes without saying. I'm not a big threatening, you know, there's not a whole lot of, you know, you know, news out there about me taking people and hurting them or something. I'm not I wouldn't want to fight you. Well, you're a mellow cat though. I've also heard you don't go down. <laughs> it was Jimmy uh bikini. And I asked you about that. Yeah, Jimmy was like, yeah, he won't go down. He's just, God, dude, just keep getting up. And you're like, dude, just lay the fuck down. No, man. No, man. Dude, your jaw's off your head. No, no, I'm not going down. <laughs> See, you can't fight people like that because eventually it's like, shit, where, I just, somebody's give me a truck. Something I can just put on top of him. You know, for the love of the queen in England, we recommend that you stay down. No, not happening, man. But no, it's, well, uh, Jimmy, I think, actually, Jimmy had said it. And he said, he goes, half the people, he goes, think that, you know, you'd be a pussy. And he goes, and half the people think you'd kick their ass. And he goes, but nobody really wants to, t- to test the theory. And the thing I find funny is, it is kind of known that I will listen. That's the thing I find funny. I'm like, you know that you can walk right up to this table, sit down next to me, and go, I think you're an idiot. I'm intrigued. You know? And the thing about it is, is where people get kind of annoyed is the people who sit on the sidelines will be the first people who shove to be at the buffet table. They'll be the first people to kick people aside and when they don't deserve it. And I go, and I know that sounds very harsh. And I know that sounds a little bit like, wow, you're kind of a prick about this. But the thing here is nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to change. And when people come up to me and go, well, you know, no matter what you do, man, it's not going to change. You know, not going to get rid of her, and this isn't going to happen. I'm like, how do you know? How the fuck do you know? Do you have a crystal ball? I go, you don't. If you can see into the future, you are squandering your talents on this issue, at least. I go, you will not know until you try. Okay? And the only thing that you can do when you try is fail. At least you tried. True. I can respect that. You know, so to fall down, you know, fall down nine times, get up ten kind of thing. I go... I know why, and I mean, and I'm very aware why. I go, certain people just look at me and go, oh, God, just shut the fuck up. Seriously, shut the fuck up. And I understand that. But if I wasn't as effective, if I wasn't effective, let me phrase it a little better, if I wasn't effective, if I wasn't on to something, if I wasn't striking a, a point of clarity, I really don't think that I would see what's coming back at me. And the good that's coming back at me is far outweighing the bad. We're talking literally, if I was going to average it out, probably a six-to-one ratio. For every hate mail I get saying, you suck and you're a dick, Wayne, my, my favorite was Wayne Michael Bitch. <laughs> it was like, you're Wayne Michael Bitch. And I was like, I'm putting that on my Christmas cards. That's awesome. Wayne Michael Bitch. I go, and I already can see the logo in my head. Oh, I can make a cool logo out of that. WMB. Ooh, yeah, there's so many possibilities. Right? For every one like that, that, you know, tries to in- imply that I've got screws loose, and everybody's got their own little quirks. Deal with it. I go, there's six people that either fall into the, I support you, thank for what you're saying, 
that shit's funny. You know, um, I don't have a dog in this fight, but I, I think what you're saying is pretty cool. I at least will have people, and I think even my detractors will tell you, I go, that I'm rather honest about what I think. I'm not here to suck up. I'm not here to kiss up. I'm not here to play nice, nice and go, well, you and I are going to have a very civil conversation. And I go, and I'm going to tell you all your wonderful qualities because I'm trying to get something out of you. If I think there's something wrong, I'm going to tell you. You have that right, that God-given right, to look at me and go, fuck you, you're wrong. And I have the right to look at you and go, why? I like being proven wrong. I go, the thing about it is, is when I think that someone's absolutely god-awful and terrible, I really hope to see the humanity. And I love it believe it or not, when I am proven wrong. Because it means that things are not as bad as I thought. They're better. This person is better than I gave them. Um, a prime example of that would probably be Kara Roshi. Um, I shredded her in one of my blogs. I mean, I just I took that woman to pieces. You know, little bits of her all over my wall. Right? And then uh, a couple months later, uh, I was coming up on an anniversary gift for Ashley and I. And we went to her store, Practical Art. And we had gone to what I thought was going to be an opening, and it turned out I got the date wrong. So I walk in. Store's deserted. It's Kara and her co-worker. And me and my girlfriend. And I was kind of like, oh, great. Here's the person that I just, you know, used as a scratching post. This'll, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and incredibly gracious. Amazingly nice, right? And Ashley uh, saw this bag that she liked. And I was all like, I have an anniversary gift now. Great, I got a gift. It's great. It's great. I'm going to... I got to come back here alone. Oh, fuck. Because everybody likes my girlfriend. You know, everybody loves Ashley. I go, because she's, she's the anti-me. She's, like, so damn nice. So I had to go back in there, and I was like, okay, here's the plan. Um, maybe she'll be on a bathroom break, and I can deal with the other girl, get out my credit card, go in, get out, get in touch. I walk in, of course, she's at the counter, and I'm like, oh, God, why do you hate me? And amazingly gracious, amazingly nice, very friendly. And this was the day I'd run into Claire Lawton, and I, you know, I was very nervous, so I jokingly thrown it out there, and I'm like, yeah, I, I saw this reporter chick from New Times, and uh, she didn't talk to me, and I go, I guess I, uh, I guess I said something that kind of made her mad, and she looks at me, and she goes, yeah, I can see that happening, nothing else, so drive home, I'm all like, you know, this woman could have, could have screwed me hard, could have just, you know, with me and her, she could have taken me to task, could have really fucked me over and said, I don't want you in my store. Good luck getting a gift, you know? Because when I walked in, schmucked that I am, I was like, it's an anniversary gift for my girlfriend. Shit, I should probably shouldn't have said that. You know? And she was nice about it. And I wound up apologizing to her because I was like, you know what? I was so busy mocking her and what she does, I missed the message. And she is doing what I'm doing in a much nicer vein. She's trying to get interest drummed up in the Phoenix art scene. And I looked at that and I went, okay, different approaches, different styles, different ways of getting the point across. I was wrong. But the same point. Same point. Same end goal. You know, not necessarily as harsh as mine. So I wound up I wound up apologizing in a blog. And I had a I probably say a fair amount of emails just on that where people were kinda like, You don't apologize. Right. Yeah, you I never guess. apologize. And I was like, I was wrong. Which I had to write in probably about forty different emails. So by the time you get to number forty, you're like, I really want to stop saying this. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Especially you. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, okay, skin, ouch, skin, ouch. Oh, hair now, good. But you know also, too, that if I am proven wrong, I'll be the first person to go, fuck it, I'm wrong. I'll just say it. There's there's no 
there's no reason to sit there and go, I was wrong, but... But the reason I wasn't entirely, you know, no, it doesn't come with a modifier. I'm sorry is a two-word two, two word thing. I'm sorry, period. I was wrong, period. You don't alter that. You don't polish it. You don't sand it. And so after I'd done that, we had going, wound up going back to the practical art for the show I actually thought was going to be there. And I had about a 10-minute conversation with Kara. Very nice. And, and of course, I was still fairly timid because I was, I was waiting. I was waiting for the shoe to drop. And she looked at me and she went, that whole little thing about... You pissing off the reporter. She goes, did you feed me that? And I was like, no, I, was, <laughs> I thought you were going to kill me. I go, because with women, I have a much different tack. I can't really be to a woman. Amy Silverman, it's kind of easy because she's... I really don't look at her as a woman. I just, I just see a demented Smurf wearing sparkly shoes. You know, it's crazy Smurf. But I went in there and I talked to her and I apologized. And I said, I go, you know, I, I, I was not right in my assumption of you and I go and I apologize and I go I say I'm sorry again and she looked at me and she went well you know if there's one good thing that came out of it you've given me a thicker skin and I was kind of like so that's a that's a positive uh-huh. we're, we're friends now <laughs> buddy <laughs> um so I think I think on that aspect I go it's it's been unusual because um I've known Peter since the early 90s okay and when I came to Phoenix originally and I started in the art scene. He was like one of the first people that gave me encouragement. He was, was, one he, of the first, was he running Gallery X? He was, yeah, he was running that and Metropopophobia, I think, which came later, which I, I sadly missed the demise. Both places I thought were really fun. Gallery X was, was great because to me it was like it was New York all over again. It was like, oh, my God, it's industrial, and there are no lights in here or any power, and we all have tiny little flashlights, and there's black plastic hanging from the ceiling, and the bathroom is an old converted tub, which wasn't really the best part because i i cannot do a sausage lineup it just no thank you <laughs> and it's very bizarre being in a punk club like that because everybody wants to talk to you that was the thing i'd go up and they'd be like hey so what do you think of the band space personal yeah yeah they're great they're good oh god i'm looking down no no you know but when i came here he was the first person who gave me encouragement and i looked up to him because what he was doing was what I wanted to do. He was shaking the tree. You know? I mean, he was a guy who was always a step ahead of everybody. He was the guy that was making controversy, either for art or because he thought a point needed to be made. You remember the whole Virgin Mary cutting down the tree oh, thing. Yeah, yeah that yeah. out the Terry Goddard oh, Nazi party flyers. That was awesome. I still... Yeah, I love I love when Pete gets involved because when they did the Hatchet article on me, the third response was from him, and he gutted them. He took out their, their their internal organs and exposed them to daylight. He's a smart guy. Well, he beat me by a minute. So I read this thing, and I'm like, Thanks for the article, New Times. Nice work. Fuck. Because <laughs> he had said everything I needed to say, and he did it better than I would have said it. He did it a hell of a lot funnier, and I would have been across. So you look at that, and you're like, thank you for the help. And at the same time, it's like, oh, God, just once, man. I just want to top you, even you out. Just, just once. I just want to be able to stand there and go, yes, mine is so much better. And that, that, of course, has never happened. But when I started doing this and he started giving me feedback, and then you realize that it's, you're no longer, um, for lack of a better term, you're, never, you're not a student now. You're an accepted colleague. That was a big day for me. I literally went around giggling like a schoolgirl because he liked something I wrote. He gave me this. He was like, that's the best thing you've ever written, and I really enjoyed it, and da-da-da. And I literally was like... Pete liked my stuff. 
There's 40 other people there going, I like it, but I'm like, Pete, Pete, like my stuff. And to me, that was heartening because this is someone I respect. That's an opinion that matters a lot to me. So if that person had turned around and said, you're an idiot, you suck, and this is a pointless waste of time, and you're a fucking moron, I probably wouldn't be doing it, quite honestly, because that's someone who I hold on a pinnacle for his writing, for his activism, for his ideas. You know, that to me is the essence of what an artist should be. Well, how come um, you don't submit anything to AZ Chaos? You know, if he has a, a hand in that, you could get a point across to a, a different audience. Um, good quote. Good question. Um, I think. I think for me, uh, underneath all the crustiness and armor and steel and everything, I, I'm actually a very decent human being. And I go, I am going somewhere with this. Trust me. Um, and one of the things I'm, I'm rather loath to do is I don't. To me, I don't like to manipulate personal. Um, connections. For instance, like this, it was uh, Ariel, you know, who suggested you should you should talk to Matt, and I said I go well, and that's why I used that bridge because to me I didn't want to come up and go well, dude, I've been doing it for a while, and you got this cool thing happening, and I think I should be on it because I got this. To me, that's an awkward thing. You put, uh, how can I put it? You, you, it's almost like you're you're kind of stretching the friendship a little. You're kind of being like, well, dude, you, you got tickets, and I, I should come, right? Because we're, we're buds. Come on. You know, you kind of glom on to what they're doing. And I and I don't like that. Because to me, it makes me feel then like almost like a leech. Um, with AZ Chaos, if Pete, if Pete asked me to do something, I, I wouldn't hurt me. I, I, you know, I'd be like, yeah, sure. But they're always taking submissions. To me, I think, honestly, I think he's got his own thing going. And part of it, on I don't want whatever negative is attached to me right now to possibly transfer over. My entire aspect of this, when I started this, and um, I got I have another artist friend who's been kind of jumping in on things, and I said, the only head on the chopping block for this whole anti-New Times thing that I want is mine. And he went, why? And I went, okay, there are several good reasons. One, I go, is because it's my baby. I go, I'm, I'm getting this going. I go, you need to stand behind what you do. I go, you need to be the guy behind that, you know? And I said, the other aspect is, the plan that I have is, if it works out, even the most apathetic in this valley will be able to be part of the team. My, my, it's literally idiot-proof, in the sense of, you will be able to affect change, no one will know who you are, and you can feel good about doing it. And nothing, there will never be a fallout on you. I do not want Pete, in any way, shape, or form, to get hit with a brush that's coming after me. I, I think it would be... I think it'd be unfair. I think it'd be egotistical, and I think it would be self-serving to a point. I bet, I bet Pete would probably love it. Knowing Pete Petrisco, <laughs> he'd take it. He, 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 he'd be, pat, you know, he'd run with the torch for a little while. Uh, you know, the you, other, you know, if it came to that. The other, the other aspect of it, I think, is also probably a little fear. You, you don't want to walk up to someone that you value and go here. You know what I mean? Because to me, I, I know it's going to sound really stupid considering my, my penchant for self-referential you know, love. I go, it would crush me if I gave him something and he hated it or he didn't like it or he didn't want to use it. It would literally, I would literally probably go home and, and dwell for days like, I, th- I thought it was good. I worked really hard. And you know what I mean? It's, you, you don't want to go up to your mentors, I think. You don't want to go up to your idols and be, be dismissed by them. Everything I've ever written for AZ Chaos, I think, sucks. <laughs> I am convinced that this may be the crappiest piece of shit I have ever given you. I'm behind it 100%. (laughs) 
I, I would if he asked. I, I'd probably, like, if he, if he asked, I would. I go, um, because at that point, then, then you know that it's, it's a heartfelt thing and that they want you on the team. I, I, I'm loath to step on anybody's toes. I know that sounds really strange. And they go, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 well, not people you respect. Totally. No, 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 no. If I don't like you, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna run your foot through a blender, and I go. But I am also one of these people that I'm very hard to make friends with. I think overall, and I go and the friends that I've had, the friends, the people that are in the friend circle, I've noticed are essentially bulletproof. You know, um, when I was going through everything, as you know, the dark times, as everybody likes to put it, um, I was amazed at the amount of loyalty that existed when I really seriously didn't deserve it because I was lashing out at everyone. You know, a lot of people who are my friends now took some really bad hits and still stayed in the trenches, you know. So those are people that you look at and go, wow, man, you have been hellfire tested. You know, I can I can turn my back on you at any day of the moment and not have to worry. What amazed me was when I got sick and the word got around how close I came to almost dying, you know, was the people who stepped up and the people who didn't step up. There was a culling of friends after that. Because it was like, wow, I had no idea that you were this good a friend. Conversely, I had no idea you were this shitty a friend. You know, when you are put in that position, it is, it is a, it's heartening to see people who, it, it's actually, uh, let, me, let me take this from a different tack. It's amazing to see who's still in your corner and who's not. You know, the people who that were genuinely concerned about your almost passing and the people who were like, yeah, you got sick, whatever. You know, it's not the flu, dude. I almost died. I go, um, they basically, <laughs> it's probably the best quote from one of the male nurses. He said, I had better luck being hit by a gay meteorite than surviving what I survived. They basically thought I was going to die. They didn't tell my girlfriend that. They, of course, didn't tell me that until after I was out of, you know, quote-unquote danger. And that's never a good thing to hear from a small little guy with a clipboard. Oh, by the way, do you know how close you were to death? <laughs> wow. Like, here's death. I'm like, here you were. You were backpacking on death. So when I came out of the hospital, it um, I was out of work five weeks. It probably took me, realistically, a couple of months to get back to who I was. I, I had no sense of humor after. I mean, I had no sarcasm. I was afraid of everything. I didn't want to go to sleep. Because the last time I went to bed, I woke up in the hospital. You know, and the thing about it was it took me a while to to find myself again, because in my entire life, I've never been challenged with something like that. I mean, I've been in fights and I've had people, you know, the, the, usually everybody's got that one good someone pulled the gun on me story. Someone held a knife to my throat because they were high in you know, a story. This is the first time that I was actually able to basically touch the bunny slippers of death. I go and that is a very humbling experience. And when I had first my first Friday and little bastard I had gone out with a friend and I had somebody come up to me you know in the scene and they had basically said dude I heard you almost died and I was like yeah, yeah he came close and this wasn't a person I was necessarily friendly with and I go but it wasn't like someone I'm a you know blood enemy or Klingon war or anything and he said I heard you almost died you were like really close to dying and I went yeah and he looked at me this couldn't happen to a nicer person and the friend I was with looked at me and I was, I was in no shape. I was like 30 pounds underweight. You know, I was weak as a kid and I couldn't even do this. And I remember looking at him like, you hate me that fucking much? Like, seriously? For talking out? For, for being, you know, artistic? Fuck you. 
fuck you, fuck everything about you, you black-hearted son of a bitch. And my friend who was with me was literally, was like, I got this. Ba-boom. And, and read him the riot act. Much more effectively than I could have at the moment. You know, but I believe the phrase, I will knock your teeth so far down your throat, you'll have to shove food up your ass to eat, was used. You know, and he was like, how fucking, you know, he goes, the only reason, he goes, you got the balls to say this to him is because he's in no position to defend himself. He goes, this is the only time, he goes, you've ever walked up to him and said what you think. And he goes, and you had to wait until he was almost dead to do it, you chicken shit coward. And that kind of affected me because almost immediately, a couple weeks later, I had run into uh, uh, Louis Gatidis, who's an artist, very amazing artist, who uh, has MS, which is something that, like my diabetes, will probably eventually kill him. You know, hopefully not. You know, I, I hope he lives to be 120. You know, I oh, hope. Great that, guy. Yeah, no, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Incredibly talented cat, very centered. And uh, he, him and I were talking about it, and I said, you know, I'm a little freaked out. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not me right now. I don't know where me is anymore. i got to find me. And he looked at me, and he went, he goes, he goes, it's amazing how the universe can humble your ass so quick, isn't it? And he goes, not walking around so proud now, are we? And I was kind of looking at him, and I was getting a little annoyed. And he goes, he goes, I don't mean that in a bad way. He goes, you're in a very unique position. You get to reinvent yourself. He goes, you haven't lost you. You've lost a part of you. A part of you, he goes, that isn't necessarily the best part of you. And he goes, I know you, you're better than this. And he goes, so you can go find that part of you, he goes, that you know, people don't like very much. And he goes, or you can find the part of you, he goes, that people do like. He goes, you can bring him out a little bit more than you used to. You know, and you look at that and you kind of go, man's got a point. You know, and the thing that gets me was what I find funny is that all these people who dislike me or hate me or write me off or, you know, have things to say about me have never had a conversation with me have never had the balls to talk to me, have never read anything I've written, have never once in a room full of people walked over to me and said, I don't like you and this is why. I go, if I don't like someone, and you know this for a fact, if I don't like someone, I'll tell you why. I will not be nice. I don't care if your grandmother is sitting next to you. You know, Wayne, yeah. I'm telling you, the same, the same thing that makes people not like you mm -hmm. without knowing you yeah. is also the same thing that I think actually the people that know you find endearing about you. Oh, thank you. It's like the qualities that, and it is that outspokenness. It is that, like, I'm, I'm not going to hold anything back. I mean, you know, you, like, meet somebody like that. Like, to me, that's, like, honest. But some people don't like that people People don't yeah. like necessarily truth. Everybody likes to think of themselves as a certain way. They have a certain mental image of themselves, and they don't like anyone fucking with that garden. And I get that. Like, when people come up and they, you know, they point out that my hairline that used to be here is now here. Yeah, I'm not entirely thrilled with it. It's like, no, it's, it's distinguished. I'm going to get a widow's peak and I'm going to have a whole jack... It's going to be very sexy when I'm 60, you know? And the reality is probably by the time I'm 52, I'll, you know, I'll be just going, just shave it, just shave it all off and just get it over with. The thing that gets me is I, and I don't attack the undeserved. I don't go after the weak. I don't go after soft points. Um, there are many things in Amy Silverman's life that I could attack. I could be a total cat and go after. And when I found those things and realized those are the Achilles seals, those went off the table. Because I'm like, it's not relevant to what I'm doing. It's not fair. It's not gentlemanlike. She's not an artist. She's not an artist. Yeah. But at the same time, I go, I will not, I will not go after the, uh, the things I go that make people weak. You know, you attack the strong. There's no, there's no honor 
in defending the defense. I mean, there's no honor in attacking the defenseless. There's no honor in attempting to unseat somebody who's already in a tumble and in a spin. You know, And I think people tend to go the easy route because it is the easy route. I don't like the easy route. Because at the end of it all, you can actually then claim, I fought a fair and honest battle. You know, I fought it fair. I didn't, I didn't go to name calling. I didn't go to cheap shots. When I write the blog and I write something that's, let's say, not necessarily the most respectful of somebody, I try to take it from a point where I put it out there as both as insult and humor and critique. I try to make it where people look at it and they go, oh, oh my God, dude. I can't believe we said it. But it also makes them think. My thing has always been, if you have put something out on the table, do your own research. I can present this plate to you. I can't make you eat it. I can't make you enjoy it. I can't make you decide where to start. But it's your free will that chooses whether or not to sit down and have that meal and absorb and digest what I've said. And at that point, if you have evidence in front of you, you can stick to what your original theory was, or you can look at it and go, okay, I kind of see your point. I don't agree with the potatoes. I'm all right with the steak. And the corn, yeah, you might be onto something with this. The thing with her, what makes it difficult, is this is a person who will not, will not brook disagreement. Um, whether it be her staff, whether it be her close personal relationships, whether it be a cranky outsider like myself. When I went in, I went in to debate. I went in prepared. I said, this is my evidence of my point, Okay. And what I got instead was a six-year-old tantrum. My entire life. She's looking after her paycheck. Oh, and that's that's fine. And the thing about it is what gets me is I'm not really necessarily, in the beginning at least anyway, I wasn't threatening the paycheck. I wasn't threatening anything but the status quo. And my question, it was more of a question, it was like, look... When you first covered me in New Times, like 12, 13, 14 years ago, when I got my first name in a little article, which basically did go up on the fridge, and I was like, oh my God, I was in a paper. I go, that magazine was something, like Peter Petrisco said, that was something you picked up. That was something you went, I'm going to go see this band. Oh, and there's this art show. And oh, there's this critique. Oh, and there's this performance artist who covers himself in honey and rolls around in M&Ms. True story. I go, that's got to be an interesting bath at home. I go, but it was something you could use. It was a useful tool. It was well-written, you know. Um, since she's come on board, you see this shift of snarkiness and pettiness and division and let's create controversy because that is the easy route. It doesn't take much talent and energy. You can piss anybody off. It takes no ability to piss anybody off. If I walked up right now and I took this Coke and I poured it all over his mixing board, I go, that would piss him off. I'm fairly certain probably to the point of being homicidal. And I go, did that take ability? No. I can walk. I can breathe air and I can throw shit on electronics. Woohoo. Okay. But if I came in here and I wrote an article about 602 radio and I said, okay, all three of you, why are you involved? Why do you do it? What's the effect of it? What's the causes? What was the core root? If I wrote an article, okay, I have to spend time with you. I have to spend time with each one of you to get who and what you are, to get the genesis. They don't want to do that because they're lazy. And they're appealing to the lowest denominator. Well, think about it. The entire magazine, I, I joked about her husband um, going out and getting a lap dance. 
I go away trying to generate ad revenue. And I and at the time, I was thinking, okay, that sounds kind of hypocritical from a guy who used to have gold cards from pretty much every club in the Valley. You know? Um, I had a friend of mine who one night we wanted to go out, and I was mid-20s or so. And I said, well, let's go to a, you know, let's go to a strip club. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, I don't want to go. And I'm like, why? He goes, because you fucking know everybody. You know, the barman, you know, the door guy. And then you've dated like half the five. I, I, I just want to go to a place where people will talk to me. And I went, pick a club. Any club. Pick something on the west side. I don't hang out on the west side. And he picked out some little, small, I think it was baby dolls. Like, like some small little hole in the wall under a bridge club. And I walk up, and the door guy knows me. He's like, hey, Wayne. And I'm like, hey, well, you know, bouncers, dude. They work a lot of different places. All right, so we walk in, the hostess is like, hey, Wayne. And my hostess is just as bad as the doorman. Hi, bartender guy. Right? And we sat down, and I'm looking, and I'm scanning the room, and I'm like, I don't know anybody here. Dude, it's going to be all about you tonight. I do not know anyone. We are, hey, Wayne. Fuck. Right? And it was uh, two ex-girlfriends, somebody I had slept with like six weeks earlier. And I'm just kind of like, have you met my friend Paul? And he's just sitting there doing this. Just glaring. And I'm like, um, well, you know, uh, just... Uh, it, uh, Paul's, a, Paul's a musician. He builds guitars. For the love of God, help me out here. <laughs> I literally was throwing people at him. And I literally went bartender. I'm like, dude, just send a couple women over and just ask about being a rock and roll star. Anything. Because he spent the entire night just hating me. And I was kind of like, oh. And when I got older, of course, you kind of grow out of that crap love you honey I go. but the whole thing about it is their magazine back in the day used to be balanced like you open it up and it's it's an entire thing of adult stuff and i'm not a prude i'm like if you want to go out and have a good time and get wet you do all that crap that's fine by me i go but you can't be somebody who says we're going to talk about arts and culture this is our culture blog and then put a hardcore link on it Okay, if I had kids floating around on that art site, I said, well, you know, there's the thing on there about kids. Why don't you go read about the article? And my kids somehow came over to the site where, and it, was, it wasn't, it was you know, pixeled out. Or I'm like, why is this necessary? I, this is the internet. If you really want to find this little piece of film trash, I go, you, you'll find it. You don't need a newspaper going, hey, come here, come and look at this. She has Maybe been, they got a kickback from them. Possibly. Website. I, I start to think with certain aspects of the way they run over there, I look at it and I'm very confused. Because, like I said, the investigative reporting is top-notch. It wins awards. It gets news coverage in other states. It gets on television. You know, they they uh, recently got that one sheriff guy fired, basically, because of their investigation. What they've done with Sheriff Joe, and that reporting is amazing. And you look at that and go, okay, this is some good reading material. This is something that, when I do pick it up, I will read it all the way through. Uh, I won't skim it. I'm not going to flip through it. I'm like, oh, you found the money? and Oh, you found somebody who saw cash? You look at that and you're like, wow, how did you put this together? And then you go to the culture blog. <laughs> and, you know, the first article you get is man waxing. How, how to get into a bar with a fake ID. How to make a drink. I see your point. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, and you look at it and go, and the articles are this bit. Yeah. And there's hyperlinks. It goes, something amazing is happening in Tempe. Click here. And then you go to a website that's not the New Times, and you're like, why why bother? You know, why? Why this isn't writing. Uh, the writing goes out with misspellings. It goes out with bad grammar. It's literally a high school journalism class over there. And I'm like, I get it. Blogging is not supposed to be journalism. I am very well aware of that. But if you're going to hire someone to blog, you should hire someone who can actually write. Peter Petrisco, technically blogger. 
can freaking write. Ricky can write. You know, I, to a limited degree, think I'm a fairly competent writer, depending on, on what I'm attacking. I go, I don't think it's the best I've ever written, but next to New Times, man, I look like freaking Vonnegut. You know? <laughs> I'm like, hey, spell check is an automatic thing on your computer yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. How the hell do you misspell anything these days? Yeah. You know? I mean, we're, I respect we're, Jay Bennett. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's good writers over there. I like Leatherman. I like Nikki D. I think Nikki D is awesome. You know, um, you know, I liked Lily Marconi when she was over there. You know, when Michelle Lobig was over there, I thought she was good. I love Robert Pale. I think Robert Pale is a freaking genius. I go, there's some very good talent over there that has not been corrupted by her. But in the last couple of months, there's been six writers that have left. You know, and one of my trolls sent it out to me. He was like, well, how do you know that it was because of her? And I'm like, okay, shit for brains. I go, I've talked to... <laughs> That was rude. It should actually have been Mr. Sh- well, you don't know what sex they are, so how should you do that? My esteemed shit for brains person. Um, I've talked to a few people who've, who've gone the way of the, the train, and they've said, well, she wasn't the main factor, but she was part of it. And you're like, okay, well, that's good enough for me then. I stand on that. If she's factored into the decision-making process, she's part of the reason why you're out the door. Um, Sarah Venture, when she left, everybody goes, oh, well, Sarah Venture got a promotion to go be the managing editor in St. Louis. And I'm like, yeah, bigger market, better job, I assume, probably more pay. Why didn't they ask Amy? Sarah Venture's been a reporter for five years. Amy was so, uh, Silverman was a reporter for 11 before she got the managing editor position. So not only did this person get the job in half the time you did, you weren't even asked to the prom. Because if you... Sure she wasn't asked? Uh, two reasons. Number one, I go, if somebody hates the city that much, okay, and I came up to you and I said, I want you to take over our sister paper in St. Louis, better reader share, more money, and I also know you hate this town. What would you do? Yeah. you take it. Yeah, sure. You would take it in a heartbeat. I would like St. Louis over Phoenix. I'd give that serious pause. I've never been, but I've heard cool stuff, and it's got that really neat arch thing. <laughs> And, and if you hated Phoenix. And if you hated Phoenix. Yeah, you wanted so way out. Yeah. Me, me, Maury, would be, I'd like to bungee jump off the arch. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> it's something to work to, you know, worth trying out. But the thing about it is, and also the, the person that I, I have kind of on staff right now essentially has told me that she was never even up for the running. She was never even in consideration. So that right there tells you that they like the monkey where she is. You know, and if she takes orders well and she creates controversy and she creates net hits, then, you know, it stands to reason, you know, they want her there. The I I don't necessarily think there's this, you know, huge conspiracy among the market to keep her there. You know, I think she's once again she's part of the facet of the diamond of it all. But there's no reason for her to go right now because the money's coming in. And no matter how bitchy she is or no matter how many complaints they get, as long as the money is there. Why change the status quo? We're making cash. That's why we're here. We're a newspaper, but our main goal, let's face it, is to clear out the bottom line. The key to change is to fuck that bottom line hard. So that when people call up those statistics and they go, oh, we're not... And we had eight advertisers pull out, and the reason they said why is because of this. Then you start making people a little bit panicky. She's already incredibly paranoid. The fact that I insulted Claire Lawton who didn't write the article that attacked me was Steve Jansen, right? And I'm like, I've never even met Steve Jansen. I even know who the hell he is. And, and that's really weird, too, because uh, Steve Jansen actually is, you know, I consider him a friend, and he's actually a pretty good dude. And I did That's what read, I've heard, yeah. I did read what he wrote in retaliation of that, which 
kind of trip me out. Hey, Steve, if you're listening, you know, mm-hmm. love, love. But, uh, you know, I was like, why is he bashing Wayne? Yeah, I've, you know, I've never met the guy, and I'm like, I'd have more respect for him in the aspect of if he had called me up, actually, and said, you're kind of a bitchy little dude. You want to explain why? And then if the article had reflected, hey, I talked to him, and this is his point, and these are our points why we think he's wrong, and hey, here's hyperlinking to his blogs. Patrisco pointed it out. He said, linking to my website, he goes, was the stupidest thing they could have done. Oh, yeah. It was the most, and I mean, I appreciate the gift. Thank you. I'm getting oh, her yeah. a cheese basket. What do you uh, say, like four times the readership at least? Yeah, right now I'm averaging, I'd say probably, I hover between roughly 32 to 38. I'm, I'm fine with that. I wish I could produce more instead of maybe once every couple of weeks. You know, it's just life intrudes. But the thing that got me was... When they linked it, I was all like, and I saw that they linked it. Part, the first thing I went into was like, oh, shit. It's going to be, I'm just going to get hammered. And I did, but not the way I expected. I was expecting, you know, emails of like, go fuck your dough, da da you know, the normal stuff. And I think I got four, I think, totally four out of 220. You know, and two of them were written by the same person. So you're like, okay, I think I can kind of maybe put those to the side because they opened up with, fuck you, blargity, blargity, blarg. You know, the thing that got me was, it was, here's a reporter that apparently got insulted by my little tongue-in-cheek email, running to Mommy Amy, and Amy turned to Steve and went, write this. And he probably, I'm going to assume, if he's, like, he's a nice guy, and that's what I've been hearing from everybody, dude, like, Steve's so nice, man. You know, they were like, did you really need to imply that he drank from a sippy cup? I was just doing, you know, I was lashing out, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? Wherever you are, Steve, peace to your brother. But the thing about it was, is Claire didn't write it. And I'm like, I, if I annoyed anyone, I annoyed you. So you ran to Mommy, and Mommy had to subcontract out the hit. Now, as being half Sicilian, I can respect that, because you never want your hands dirty on the actual corpse. But what a sackless wonder this, these two are, you know? I'm like, you cry, Mommy lashes out. Oh, my God, how pussy are you, you know? And his article didn't have any heart to it. It was literally like, he writes this, and he's kind of cranky, and he's dispensing his two cents, blah. And I remember looking at it, and I go, this is such a non-entity. And yet, it's been so fruitful for me, because it got 71 comments. Uh, I think me and Tate Hemlock actually just used it as a conduit for saying hi to each other for about 10 of them. Um, I think the best, the best one he wrote was, oh, you know, we should live up to our evil reputations, go dress up like Nazis, get drunk, and go drive around town. <laughs> it's all like... What does Tate have evil reputation for? <laughs> Date's got a reputation for everything. I love Date, man. Uh, nice work. Hemlock, yeah, he just got back from England. A fan of his paid for him to go out there. Yeah, I get his updates or whatever. Oh, do you? Oh, are you? Are you buds with the the Hemlock man? I'm not really buddies with him, but we know I, Tate. I know, Tate's. I know who he is. I love Tate. He does really nice Tate is never yeah, boring. I, I refer to him as my Obi Wan of snark. <laughs> you know, um, intro. Yeah, that guy. Oh, if you want to have fun, intro, interview that guy. That guy, music background especially. Oh, yeah, you know, he, he oh, he's got some, like, uh, he's got some classic records that every time you know he'll talk about them, I'm just like, you have that on vinyl, and it's the twelve. Oh, you it's like really into like beef heart stuff. So. Yeah, I can't get the into cows. the beef heart. Yeah, yeah. I can't get the, the cows, beef heart. Yeah. I want to hear cows. about the new one that he posted a couple days ago. Todd with all my love or whatever the hell it was. Did you see that nah, thing? It's like a hand drawn cover. I guess some kid like was selling at his college or high school or something. I'm like, and he goes, I have a digital copy, and I'm like, oh, you got to send that. You got to send that over to me, you know. But the thing about it, though, is you look at this third-party assassination attempt, and it's done so poorly. 
you know, I have skeletons. Everybody does. And I go, but the difference is my skeletons are out dancing and making margaritas. There's really nothing you can say about me that I either couldn't own back or just go, I was 20. I was young. There was a cow. There was a camera. What do you want? Come on. <laughs> you know, I go, I'm not really embarrassed by anything I've done. It, it's it, All your little experiences make you up to be who you you are. You know, good or bad, embarrassing or bad. I go, everybody's got that one thing that if people bring it up, you just kind of go, okay, dude, not this, no, not this, no, please, please, for the love of God, I'll pay you. Don't, no, fuck you. That's why I drink. Yeah. (laughs) That's why, don't touch me, do not touch me. You know, uh, Burgess, actually, years ago at the Willow House, I have have a thing about, you know, people touching my neck. I don't like people around there, and there's... Oh, you shouldn't have told us that. No, 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 well... Here's, here's the follow-up. And Jason, you know, who weighs at that time, because I saw him a couple days ago, and apparently, you know, don't call him hippie anymore, but he's, he's put on like 35 pounds of muscle. Like, it was like, whoa, yeah, you'd be kind of a bad guy to screw with now, you know? But he had come up and he had grabbed me around my neck, and he had meant it as a... And I was standing in line at the Willow House with that wood floor and everything, and he was like, hey, dude! And I literally just had an instinct. <laughs> he flipped him over. Dropped him from about this high, flat onto his back, under the wooden floor. And it was it was an automatic thing, right? I don't... I'm very bitchy about that area of my body. And it was like... Oh, oh. And I'm like, oh my god. Oh my, dude, dude, he's looking up at me. He's like, oh, yeah, you got a thing about your neck, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, now I remember. Are you... I'm just gonna... I'm good. <laughs> and I felt... I felt awful about it. And, like, um, every now and then someone will bring up the story about, like, remember the time you freaked out like a little girl and you had picked Jason? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's not like that. Well, he didn't, uh, yeah, I know, he wasn't at fault, but everybody who knows me knows, so. And he was on the ground a good five minutes, just, like, contemplating the universe, you know. And my thing was, when they came after me, I was like, this is the best you got. I got so many much juicier, funnier, better things you could go after. I'm, I'm kind of offended you didn't do your homework. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we're going to have to wrap this up. I got, okay. a, I got a couple of extremely important questions I got to ask. Okay, no, man, I'll try to keep it short. Then, and then we're going to have to get some bumpers from you. I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Bumpers. Bumpers, yeah. Okay. Um, um, first off, um, what's your favorite color? That, believe it or not, is a combination of baby black and vampire red. Okay, and do you like hamburgers? I love hamburgers. I also love their retarded cousin, bacon cheese hamburgers. <laughs> Can we get some bumpers from you? Oh, sure. <laughs> I saved the porn ones for last. It's just like a New Times interview. <laughs> yeah, I feel so honored. What are you wearing currently? Uh, well, this is a green t-shirt that I believe I bought at Dillard's. Is that green? It is green. It's like a, it's like a sage, and um, I'm wearing black jeans that I bought from Costco. The Kirkland brand is quite comfortable and roomy. And yeah, I've been um, wearing boots like that for years now. Yes, uh, these are the third generation motorcycle boots. The other two have gone on to Viking Valhalla. Uh, one died because they were accidentally landed on by a motorcycle. The second ones were burned off my body. And um, I hope this third pair retires gently into the night. Can you explain those necklaces to us really quick? Oh, okay. No, can't go out without the uh, can't go out with the magic talismans. Uh, I'm very OCD about charms. Can't go anywhere without a cross. Never know. Could run into a vampire, werewolf. 
Um, first one, first one was a gift. The uh, hand is the hand of protection, which I actually bought at the firehouse, as a matter of fact. Oh, from Michael. Yes. Is yeah. That, actually, yeah. Is Michael like twenty-three. The, the eye of. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to keep. It's supposed to ward off harm. Right. You know, fat lot of good it did me back in July. <laughs> so I'm assuming that it was kind of like I'm going to bring it close to death, but then I'm just going to be like, okay, you're you're cool. And what does the other one say? Uh, the other one says dark, which is actually my old. Um, it's a shortened abbreviation of my old nickname from college which is Dark Side Commander. <laughs> For reasons I'd rather not go into here, because I know a lot of kids listen to the show, but let's just say it involves a lot of women with one-syllable names, and we'll leave it at that. I notice you have some earrings in your right ear. Uh, these are actually for um, my uh, nephews and nieces. I'm actually one behind, actually. i got to get one for Vinny. Actually, no, I'm two behind. Yeah, it was uh, Vinny? You're slacking. Yeah, I know. It's like, I'm bad. find your art. You can find it at waynemichaelreich.com. But that's not important. I want to know what his favorite color is. Yeah, we already covered that. Ask me something important like, you know, what kind of animals do you like? Or if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? You like chompies. I love chompies, actually, as a matter of fact. Or sausage. Oh, oh. I'm I'm a bacon guy. Actually, if they can invent, like, a sausage bacon, that'd be great. (laughs) Think about it. You're thinking about it now. You're like that. The question is bacon and sausage. Oh. Depends. Depends. Depends on what kind of sausage, man. I got these. Uh, this whole interview's over. Let's just erase the drive. Son of a bitch. The answer wrong. This interview's over. It's still rolling. So firing my PR guy. You tell me this would be good for my career. You lying sack of crap. Did you live in New York City? I did. Yes. You stayed at the Chelsea. I have been to the Chelsea. I've never stayed in the Chelsea. However, if I can dig it up, I don't know where it is. I got a great photo of me in front of a, I think it's a Pollock, if I remember correctly. Because, you know, he used to take art in Lou Laurent. Did you like New York? I I love New York. I think think everything about New York's great. Even our crime. It's a hands-on kind of crime. People, people love the craft. When you get killed in New York, you get stabbed. I don't want to know why you like it. I just want to know if you did or not. I did. I did. I, I didn't you ask you why. Did you like New York? New York yes. Yes. Yeah. I've kept it. I've tried to keep it. it. You know. I appreciate it. Yeah. You gotta hold on. You gotta hold on to your roots. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't asked me like what my you know what my favorite food is or what my favorite type of shoe is or what what I, what's in my closet. <laughs> why won't you ask what's in the closet? What What do you fear in the closet, man? What What What? That's why I drink. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you drink, Matt? It just—it's a closet. I, I just don't want to get into it. <laughs> Evil monkey in the closet. It started years bumpers. Ago. Bumpers. We need bumpers. Okay. Yeah. What do you need? Just whatever you want. So you want like, you know, when you're not do, busy doing something, you're listening to six oh two, even if it's a lie. Oh, know. okay. Fair enough. I'm trying to trying to think, cause cause I want to be funny, and I don't want to sound like a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, too it's a late. very yeah, too late, very fine line. Oh, I like that. <laughs> See, it's a good girlfriend. Stupid art bitch. Good girlfriend. No, it was uh, what was it again? <laughs> Sorry. There's a microphone. She's got a good voice. Shy. <laughs> oh, okay, I like that. Okay, that's actually kind of funny. Uh, hang on, <clears throat> I have to get my character. I have to find. I have to find my center. Is your radio voice. Yes. I don't want to do that. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> what exactly is the NPR voice? Though? It's very oh, low and monotone. Yeah. Just... Wade Michael Ray. Yes. Oh. <laughs> or do it like do it like the uh, Coyote. Yeah, oh, yeah. like the jazz dude. Yeah. K-Y-O. Yeah. So like Wade Michael Ray again. Yeah. Smooth. Jazz. Smooth sounds for a smooth time. It's that whole entire, hi, I'm Wayne Michael Reich, and when I'm not reading New Times, I'm listening to 602radio.com. <laughs> What's her name? Pamela, Pam what? <laughs> Pamela Anderson, William. I'm going to keep my, I'm going to keep my single name, I think. Silverman? Silverman. Oh, Amy, Silverman. Amy Silverman? Yeah. When I'm not smacking Pam Silverman on the ass. Amy. 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 Uh, when Amy. I'm, yeah, so... When I'm not making Amy Silverman my personal little Idaho bitch, I'm listening to 602radio.com. <laughs> when I'm not taking a nude sauna with Martin Sismar, I'm listening to 602radio.com. <laughs> when Claire Lawton and I aren't having sex in a cheap, fleazy motel somewhere in Tijuana, 602radio.com is on the radio. <laughs> when I'm not being sued by New Times for appropriating names I have no legal control over... <laughs> I'm listening to 602radio.com. So you're going to start with Wade Michael Wright. Oh, see. <laughs> damn it, damn it. Yeah. You, can, you can edit it in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is WayneMichaelRike.com, and when I'm not shopping for lingerie with Amy Silverman, I'm listening to 602radio.com. <laughs> well, I have a funny feeling in a couple of weeks that it'll be like, hi, we want to talk to you. No, 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 no. Just handle things through my attorney, Bob. Yeah. Oh. When I'm not hi, this is Wayne Michael Reich, and when I'm not waxing Amy, Amy Silverman's beard, I'm listening to six hundred two radio dot com. When you're not choreographing Amy Silverman's jazz hand. <gasps> oh. Because <laughs> you kind of choreographed in three, two, one. <laughs> Hi, this is Wayne Michael Reich, and when I'm not doing jazz hands with Amy Silverman and a... Oh, God, I fucked that up. Hi, this is Wayne Michael Reich, and when I'm not taking a New Times version of jazz, I'm listening to 602radio.com. This is so wrong on so many levels. I still like the nude sauna with Martin Sismar, though. That was a good one. Did I do Wayne Michael Reich with that one? No. Oh, okay, then I'll redo it. Should we do it? Hi, this is Wayne Michael Reich, and when I'm not having a nude sauna with Martin Sismar, I'm listening to 602radio.com. You know, the really scary part is I probably think he'd enjoy that. He's <laughs> a pretty picture. Well, the problem is, is when he shook my hand, he wasn't looking at my eyes. He was looking down, and I don't even want to know what that entails. Because <laughs> I was wearing the package jeans, and, you know, maybe that was a bad choice on my part. <laughs> How do you feel about Jam Brewer? Brewer. What's her name? Brewer. Brewer. Yeah, Brewer. Oh, Hatchet Face. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Wayne Michael Reich, and when I'm not when I'm not taking in a Mexican meal with Jan Brewer, I'm listening to Six Hundred Radio dot com. Thank you. I'm trying to think of the insult for uh, for a good one for Amy. Oh, gotta think of something. Waxing her beard wasn't good enough. No, no, I got to top that. Got to go. Got to go one better. Let's see. What about Amy? What does Amy hate? What does Amy? The sad thing about that is you're talking about her face too. And the actual sad thing about that—that's actually the truth. <laughs> she actually has to wax her face. Got that? Got that from my inside guy. He goes. Uh, he told me about that. He said he goes. He came in one time and she was talking about it to some 
by some other reporter about how talking about her husband's hemorrhoids and about having a having a waxer face. How are those things go hand in hand? Is what I want. I don't really see the natural lead in because you know. I'm thinking they're both fucking butts. Oh, that's yeah, that's true. You know, you could use an ass face reference. Yeah. Yeah. Was a. Well, because she actually, my favorite thing was about in this article that she wrote, she complained about how there wasn't a Victoria's Secret, and I'm looking at her like, you couldn't even get your ankle into anything Victoria's Secret makes. Like, you can't even get your hand inside the bag. <laughs> you know? What are you going to do, walk around and have people go, oh, she's obviously, you know? I don't think Victoria's Secret makes it, you know, was it when I was at the Renna Fair one time, they had this insult comic. You know, the guy you throw tomatoes at? Vegetable Justice? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah Vegetable Justice. And this girl comes up, and she was literally like 400 pounds. And he goes, could you do me a favor? And she goes, that's that. He goes, take two steps backward. And she does that, and he starts going, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> right? That's also like Dead Bob would say. But... Oh, this guy. The Vegetable Justice guy is brutal. Like, he had the so little kids. Dead Bob, oh, no, worse. This, they had this little kid, and they're throwing tomatoes, and, the little, and he leans out. This kid is maybe five, and he goes, you do know your parents aren't coming back, right? <laughs> <gasps> and the kid, this is the best part of losing him, he goes... <laughs> nice. Wait, yeah, flips him off, and the crowd goes nuts, and he's like, that, no, no, that's not right. That's <laughs> not Right. Actually, I got a good one where it's like, hi, I'm Wayne Michael Reich, and when I'm not giving Amy Silverman a reach around, I'm, I'm listening to 602 radio.com. No. We could clean that up a bit, I think. No. <laughs> I'm suggesting her dick may be bigger than mine, so that right there is a challenge. <laughs> I'm, I'm just afraid to walk in front of her, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Both because if that bulk hits me, I'm dead, and also because I really don't know what you do to me if there was a table involved. Well, I didn't know she was into pegging. Well, no, she could be, because you know I'm thinking before she got married, Strap On was probably her best friend. Well, that'd be pegging, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, how's it going? Good to see you. How you do? Yeah, pretty good. You look good. Thanks. You clean up well. Yeah. You remember Ashley? Yeah. You just cut his hair. I know. He looks good. Yeah. How's it feel? Are you are you dealing with the separation all right? Actually, or? it doesn't have nerves in it. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, it doesn't feel like anything. I was talking. How do you feel statically? Oh, yes. I'm an artist. That's yeah. where I go. I go to the ethereal plane first. I, I can't see myself. So this is why conversations always end in the awkward silence and pause. <laughs> Jimmy, how are you doing? I don't really do. <laughs> Define doing. How's your daughter? Three feet tall. <laughs> I'm still right. I'm still kicking myself for not getting the shot of her rocking out yeah. with the head with the head the uh, the giant earmuff things on. What yeah. would you call it? Yeah, right. He's in there playing, and she literally stands for a moment and go. And I'm like, Yeah, she's used to it. So. Oh, it's adorable. Because yeah. years from now, you know, she's going to be when she brings the, the the first boyfriend home, she'll be like, Hi, this is my dad. <laughs> dad, could you put the guitar down, please? Just put the guitar down. <laughs> No, you have to. You got to think of a good one. Now. Oh. Already had enough. Yeah, no, you know you can never have enough. Now we're there. Now where she's concerned, she's a walking horror show. Because <laughs> I still remember that whole "Do you want to see my resume?" That was the most ridiculous there thing anyone's ever said to me. Oh, when I'm not perusing Amy Silverman's resume. <laughs> yeah, when you're not copy editing. <laughs> That old, hi, I'm Wayne Michael Reich, and when I'm not reading Amy Silverman's resume, I'm listening to 602 Radio. 602 Radio, see, I got it wrong. See? This is why she has a resume, and I don't. 
602radio.com. <laughs> that that meeting, I swear to God, I was like thinking to myself, it literally was like, hi, I'm Amy Silverman, the managing editor of the New Times. Would you like to sit down at the table with Amy Silverman, managing editor of the New Times? Oh, I am actually the managing editor of New Times. You can just call me Amy Silverman. I understand you have a ploy, uh, a problem with an employee of mine, uh, Claire Lawton. I'm her boss, Amy Silverman. Managing editor of yeah. New Times. Yeah, you can read it on your way out. It's on the masthead. It says, Amy Silverman, managing editor. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm literally going... I literally stopped counting when her name came up at 12 in an 18-minute conversation. And I'm like, baby, I love me. I love myself. I love everything about me. And even I, at times, go, Christ, I need to take a break from me. <laughs> You know, it's the old joke. It's what the, what's the difference between Amy Silverman and God? God doesn't walk around going, I'm Amy Silverman. She's like Bob Dole, only without a sense Bob Dole doesn't talk like that. That's not something Bob Dole does. i got to go out, though, with a good one. i got to think of a good one. There's got to be one way better than the strap-on one. There just has to be. So far, your favorite's the nude sauna with Martin Sismar? That was pretty good. No, okay. I think the reach-around was probably my favorite one, yeah. Was that clean, though, or do I need to, to work on that one? Oh, we're already getting sued for this whole interview. Oh, okay, good. So, so like, for instance, a, a lawyer, a retainer to if I phrase it like a question, <laughs> like, I believe, or have you heard? Allegedly after everything. Yeah. Well, that's true. If you put yeah, allegedly the Fox News it, version yeah. of... Uh, well, I had, I had one comment where I had said something along the lines in the blog where I said, I go, just because I, I don't like what you do doesn't mean I think you're a bad person. For instance, I go, I don't think, how to put it, I go, I don't think it means that I think you eat puppies. I'm pretty sure Amy Silverman has stock in the Dalmatian factory, though. <laughs> you know? So something like that would be bad. <laughs> so basically when you're not skinning yeah, yeah. Dalmatians or chopping up Dalmatians for stew with oh, Amy For stew, oh, they're so yummy. The little black spots floating on top. You know? It's like, you know, was it, uh, oh... Like what, I heard a really bad one that I'm not going to repeat because it would get you sued. But the thing that I thought was really funny was um, the person I've got quote unquote inside sent me a letter with with like everything about about what she does, and I was reading it, and it gets more and more and more insane as you go on. Like she's a yeller and a screamer, and she insults people, and she does all this. And my personal favorite. As one of the bloggers over there told me, he said, he goes, we have a little game. He goes, for the people who like your blog. And I go, what's the game? And he goes, he goes in staff meetings, we try to use three phrases. He goes, your name. He goes, blog and chocolate chip cookies. Because I brought her chocolate chip cookies for the meeting. I had, I had jokingly said my response to her, I said, I'll even bring cookies. And I brought in Costco chocolate chip cookies. Now, I don't know if you are familiar with these things. They are the size of a hockey puck. They are as big as your head. They are freaking amazing, and they're $7. And the bitch didn't have one. I would sit down with Hitler himself if he brought cookies. I don't got to agree with him. I don't got to go, hey, I think your policy for the homelands is a great idea. But you got fucking fucking cookies. There's fucking cookies. I will eat those damn cookies. And then I will say, no more cookies. Yavul. And I'm gone. Right? Didn't have one cookie. I took them with me when I left because I was like, fuck, I'm not leaving these here. He goes, we try to get that all into a sentence. He goes to watch the veins on her head pop. <laughs> and the person I got got in, I ran into him at an art event. This was the better part. He says, he goes, you know, you've given us this huge pressure valve over at New Times. And he goes, like a sub-relief. He goes, and I went, really? And it went further. There's somebody there who apparently 
copies my blog where I insult her and leaves it on her desk on an almost daily basis. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? And they were like, no, I do that for fun. You go, sometimes I have other people do it if I'm busy. <laughs> so that was fun.